Like, I had to make peace. I didn't want to have to explain my life. I needed somebody to help me navigate it. Dang. I don't want to explain it to you. Help me navigate it, though. This is what A, B, and C. Help me navigate it. Girl, I didn't know this is where we was going today on this podcast. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm over here holding my breath. (laughs) I know. I'm like, what the? What? I hold back You're listening to Just Keep Living. The Glass House Conversation, where there are no stones thrown. This podcast is a judgment-free zone for free thinkers who value personal growth and mental health. We're all about inspiring and empowering others. All while creating safe spaces to have difficult conversations. Join us every week as we have fun, get vulnerable, and go deep. Answer each other's questions on a range of topics from sex to religion. And everything in between. And we do mean everything. We're just trying to figure it out. Like Granny always said, just keep living. Welcome to the show. Hey. Oh, oh, did you add that little piece in there? It's Not a thin there. You know my she brain. Faded like, hey. she, fa- she faded it out. Oh, she is a professional. Professional. <laughs> my the t-shirt guy was so stunned when I let him listen to the song. He was like, wait, who's doing this? Is this real? I was like, that's her job, yo. Uh, she do do. Yo, she we, do. we back. I know, right? Hey, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, um, introductions. We're not going to forget this time. This is Jenna. Yup, this is Joe. Shauna. It's Master P. Master P, that's hey, what I like. We have another guest. At this point, I feel like... We four episodes with guests. Who knew that we would be here? Know, we just right? getting started. We just getting started. We yeah. have a guest today, <laughs> uh, CEO and founder of Open Heart Leaders, is April Laster. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See how they be doing that? <gasps> yes. <And> I, <laughs> it's like kids. We like, it's kindergarten friends. I'm just going to read her introduction off of openheartleaders.org because I think it just sums up who you are, and we'll let you have your own little words when I say talk your talk, you know, pop your collar. So it says, for many years, I have always imagined a world filled with people that helped each other, whether through encouragement, resources, or just a listening ear. I realized it was these things that would have made a big difference for me while growing up in the inner city. Growing up was tough. I was trying to navigate through life with few tools, many questions, without answers, and unaddressed trauma. Girl, that right there is a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of us. Sometimes people don't even know that <laughs> the unaddressed trauma exists. <laughs> mm-hmm. Living in chaos became normal. I felt isolated in a world full of opportunities that seemed out of my reach. As I got older and I started to experience life on my own, I started to become an advocate for human rights, mental health, and social justices. As I continue to contemplate what advocacy and support look like for these situations I asked myself what would April have needed the answer to that question is what you will experience at open heart leaders and is it is not your typical program and services so true I love that (coughs) these programs are designated with people like you in mind the services center around what communities want rather what they are being told they need. Amen. <laughs> How you tell somebody what they need <laughs> without asking them what they need? Any, that's another speech. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had to have the right people to support what communities needed who were emotionally, physical, and mentally invested in us. That is why I sought out experienced team members and volunteers who understand 
life has a way with everyone and no one in any position to judge. No one is in any position. Got you. While building this organization, I realized it was not about April, what April would have needed back then, but what April needed now. Here is where my heart and head aligned. And through this synergy grew this wonderful organization, Open Heart Leaders. I open my heart to you and extend it to those of you who feel pieces of your Pieces of yours have been chipped away over time. I look forward to doing life with each and every one of you. With my deepest love and respect, welcome to the journey of changing your life. Yay. So. <laughs> oh. oh, y'all. She ready now. I'm ready. She ready. That was deep, though. That was good. It was, was like, That was good. That's why I said, girl, that's what I want to see first. <laughs> that's just me. Right. I'm the consumer. <laughs> I'd be like, that's, that was great. So, April, what else would you say about yourself? How would you introduce yourself to all of our listeners? Mm, I am, uh, I'm a human being. Ooh. And I think that sometimes we we get caught up in people's titles and accolades and different things, and we lose the human aspect of them. So, how I introduce myself to the world is, number one, I'm human. Okay. So, I'm flawed. I'm tainted. Stingy, moody, <laughs> okay, funny, okay. I like good food. I like good TV shows. Y'all, she she claimed right? Mississippi. She so busted on her fish. I'm a mad baby, <laughs> but no. Um, <clears throat> I introduced myself to the world. I would say there's no really good way to introduce myself to the world. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm not someone you can introduce. I'm. I'm an experience. Ooh. Oh, deep, so I you like have that. to experience okay. me. Mountain Dew. Like that's <laughs> Baja Blast. <laughs> <laughs> you an experience. I'm an experience. Okay. A whole experience because it. To be honest, I don't know. My introduction today may not be my introduction tomorrow that, because I'm forever evolving. Uh-huh. So I'm an experience. Okay. Tell me if I was listening. I've never heard of Open Heart Leaders. Tell me what is open heart leaders? It's you, your mama, your grandma, Ooh. your daddy, your uncle, your kids. Your mama too, outcast. The neighbor that get on your nerves. It's okay. everybody. It's the man at the store that, you know, gave you that loaf of bread when he knew your parents was broke. It's mm-hmm. the it's the man downtown who just randomly helped change your tire because he saw you struggling changing your tire. It's the houseless guy that's going to fight you over them last 30 cents so he can get his beer for the day. Mm-hmm. Open heart leaders is is exactly what it is. It's leaders with an open heart, and that looks like every form of fashion in the world. Okay, what are some services that you guys offer? We offer. Um, ooh, I know. Talk your talk, y'all. She being real <laughs> humble right now. Like, real, to be honest, we we have shifted gears. Like, like I said, it's an experience. So it's. It's more of the programming and services. Um, some of the programs, I've, I've broken Open Heart Leaders into four sectors now because of the way my heart led it to help better organize for the community at large to understand what they, how they solicit the programs and services. So life consists of all the programs and services that deal with the mental health aspect. Okay. And then there's reform that deals with everything, social justice, the formerly incarcerated population and mm-hmm. that. Um, then there's build, which is leadership and development. Okay. And then there's educate, which is everything education. So there's build life, reform, educate, and that's open heart leaders. And some of like now we have our ASL class that is going to start in September. 
that'll go September and October. Um, actually, and I, I don't care, I'll say it here, but there's so many, like, bigger moves being made behind the scenes I don't post about or there, but mm-hmm. I actually just got offered to have my own school. And so okay. I'm going to start this process um, mm-hmm. that will help me with the continued H- education piece so that I'll be able to continue to graduate those people in the community who dropped out of high school who are older, mm-hmm. um, who would like to get their high school diploma, not a certificate or a GD, but their high school. So, so far, thus far, I've already graduated seven people through the program out of L.A., Okay. So I made sure they were in class and getting them there. Um, we have the mentoring program, which you know about. Um, Shout out to <laughs> the mentees. I love them. Man, listen, <laughs> them kids keep you on your feet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Questions, you be like, what is happening? But what is, I'm sorry, what does ASL stand for? American Sign Language. So oh. there's three pi- primary languages that will always be taught at OHL, and that's American Sign Language, Spanish, and English as a second language. Those are the common languages that unify people for the area that I'm in. Now, if I do my other satellite stations in other states, I may be in another state where the predominant language may be Arabic and there. So that will be the predominant language taught at that satellite center. So it's I'm bringing a way for people to communicate in their native language or their native tongues because it should not exclude them from any mental health or educational resources. Are you able to speak these languages? I'm learn. I've I'm learning ASL. Mm-hmm. One of my clients is teaching me Spanish, and then English is still my second language because I speak Ebonics. So oh, okay. I'm gonna learn English too, probably when I go to. Hold on, I'm when the English teacher there, you I'm probably seen gonna roll myself. I'm probably gonna roll face. She really thought you was about to say something else. Yeah, I was, I was about to be like, "Damn, girl, like what you speak?" Shit. She thought you was about to say. And so we just gonna probably enroll myself into my own class. Your own class. For English. Like yeah. I'm here with y'all too. So, yeah, so yeah, you offer No, but that's I mean, it's it's really like I said, the mentoring program is is, you know, we get them kids to just really have different walks of life and all of us. We put them in a melting pot and we make the best of it. But I think it's um our program is naturally cultivated to bring out the best them. But not while not trying to change them into somebody else. So yeah. I think our kids love that. Um this year is gonna be an experience because yes. woo, we got some some different kids that signed up this year, and I'm mean, I love it. I look forward to it. Oh my goodness! And so, um, this year I decided I took a break for two years. So, a, a part of my background is I actually I attended a HBCU, I went to Alabama AM University, go Bulldogs. Um, plug them <laughs> communication <laughs> and business management were my majors, mass comm. And so, for my first, my first job, well, real job. Um, I was an on-air personality for six and a half years. So I did radio. And then I transferred into the corporate America where I ended up evolving into pharmaceuticals and biotechnology. So I started in research and development. And then I started doing batch reports. And then I was like, you know what? I kind of like the quality part of it because what you giving my grandma on this pill, I need to see 
if y'all measured it right, because y'all be over there tripping. So I was like, let me calculate it for you. Let me see if the ca- them calculations is off. So we not going to sure prove this math. Right. Make sure the math was mathing. Make sure the, <laughs> the scales was scaling. Like, what are we doing over here, right? So, no, um, I developed a passion for that because a lot of people don't know I actually got into that field because I was struggling with mental health. And they kept trying to pump me with drugs. And I was like, y'all keep trying to get me. Like, I seen what these drugs do. They make black people crazy. Mm. So I don't want to take it. And then my homegirl, and they was like, well, why you just want to take it? And I was like, well, until I know what's in it, then I'll take it. And she was like, well, go learn what's in it. And I was like, I think I will. <laughs> I ended Shout up, out to the black friends. Right. <laughs> and I ended up in endopharmaceuticals. And I started literally from the bottom and worked my way to the top. I was actually the first woman to ever become a supervisor on the granulation floor in the back. And what people don't understand is being a woman in a predominantly male-dominated industry in a factory setting or in a setting like that, and then being a black woman, Mm -hmm. I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. Mm. Do you know how many rednecks and and white Alabama alone dominated that? I was everything. And when I became the supervisor, (laughs) I was the niglet supervisor. I was the pickaninny supervisor. I was the throwback black bitch. I'm not. I'm not reporting to the black bitch. I was everything, and I would hear this and lose it. Like y'all not gonna be talking to me. And one day, I don't know. Somebody was like, "Switch it up." And I said, I'm going to switch it up. So I started training some of the black men who were in blending and weighing. And I was like, I need y'all to certify because I need y'all on my floor. Mm. Wow. And he was like, well, they don't never let us. Well, I'm going to let you. So I started training them in overtime hours. Power. And then next thing you know, I switched the floor. So some of the ones that wasn't doing their job, mm. I was like, well, you're really, you're rolled up. So you really can't be on this machine. They like, <laughs> Well, I'm going to go speak to Adam. I'm going to go speak to... You could speak to him, but mm-hmm. we you, you're not going to work on this machine tonight. Mm-hmm. I will hold up this whole batch and floor. And then when the people like, why the pills ain't get out? Because we ain't make nothing. So you either going to move and let us get our job done so everybody has a job, or you can go home for the night. Well, I don't want to go home. Well, how about just go push the paperwork for me, right? So it's a lot that comes into developing programs and that and that's how I developed a passion to keep going so back to the mentoring program it's it's unique it's it's something that you know it's really not no blueprint to it you just gotta live life <laughs> live life and experience uh, with them just, just keep, keep living, living. <laughs> yes um, and then the education you know this year is in like I said they offered the school but we also you know, when the pandemic hit, it it did something to a lot of educators and our babies. And um, I saw the disparity being in the community that I'm, that I'm in. They already have a lower quality of education. Mm. And so the pandemic literally took them out. Mm. So you went from those who should be at a 10th grade reading level who are, who is in the 10th grade reading at a third grade level or not reading at all because the no child left behind bill Mm -hmm. tells them, I don't care if they fail, you pass them to the next. I think that's one of the worst bills that was ever passed for education amongst our kids because it only applies to our kids. Mm -hmm. That, that bill does not level the playing field 
the no child left behind doesn't level the playing field like it does for other uh, minorities and other races. Mm -hmm. You're not going to leave a child behind if they've been, you know, privy to private school and private tutoring and private education where they may have failed one class. So how do you pass that student who's held a 3.8 or 4.0 GPA to this baby that got a 0.3 GPA? That hasn't passed a class in sixth grade, but yet, how you in 11th grade? Mm-hmm. Can you read? Can you write? Mm-hmm. So I just was like, you know what? I got to do something better for the community, and I'm going to disrupt this cycle. So I started, you know, teaching parents how to advocate for their kids. Don't just let your kids come home with these Fs. Go up to that school. Hey, this is two times in a row. Why I haven't got a call from you as the teacher to say my child ain't bringing in the homework, ain't doing nothing. So it's, it's reverting and putting the responsibilities back on the educators. If they pay you to educate my child, educate my child. And if my child's not getting it, let's get to the next educator that's going to help him or her get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would just like to applaud you. For just doing what you do because it's like, wow, you, you set yourself up in a way for just from a challenge a person challenged you and you said well i'm gonna go and do it you know and then not only that after that challenge you went ahead and touched some black men's lives who felt that they couldn't do it and you're like well i got you i'm about to set you up even more Mm -hmm. not only that but be you being confident in who you were you allow other people to let me show you what I can get you to get done. And that's just so amazing. No, I'm a girl. You, your story right here is amazing. (laughs) Like, wow. She's not even touching on her personal story yet. That's what's crazy. Oh, my gosh. That's like the... I started from Talk Your Talk <laughs> April and April being like, I'm a human. I know, right? was, you, I don't even like using the word humble, but it was so watered down. Like, I'm a human, mm-hmm. which is true. We all normal, but it's so much to you. That's why I was like, you got to come on the, pa- the podcast because you are a resource. Mm-hmm. When, you know, when I started mentoring at Open Heart, I was, and I told Parshel this yesterday, I said, I showed up thinking that I can help the kids. <laughs> and the kids be helping me. This was the best. To- no, tonight, April. Tonight was the best. I'm like, what y'all talk about? The kids, kids, these kids are being raised different than us. These kids are open to loving people that don't look like them. Mm -hmm. And you think that's what we teach all of our kids, right? What Mm -hmm. what was it? Unconscious biases? Mm -hmm. Listen, these kids don't care how you identify, Mm -hmm. the color of your hair. Mm -hmm. They don't care about your sexual uh, preference. I read the orientation is really nasty, and I got to fix that. It's sexual preference because it's what they prefer. just those little things that we grew up being like so and so different, weird. We gonna clown, you know, just mm-hmm. get through the day, not dealing with our own shit. Mm-hmm. But we would make fun of other people. Mm-hmm. Not them kids. Some kids be riding for each other, and they have a lot to say, and it's out of love. I love coming on Mondays because them <laughs> kids go. I I went through my own thing for a whole year. I was in a depression, but I came on Mondays, and I'd be like, damn. Girl, fix it. Fix your face. These kids really going through it, and they are loving, great kids. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that, you know, as uh, as we were growing up, we weren't allowed to emote. Nobody mm-hmm. had feelings. We weren't talking about that. Suck it up. So to hear what kids are worried about, 
I'll never forget the day we talked about racism because it's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that's been going through the media. A lot of people, uh, policemen uh, killing black men and women. Um, and Mr. Dwayne was asking the kids how they felt about it. I'm going to try to get through this without crying. And my heart just broke. Here I go. Mm-hmm. That the kids were worried about us. They were like, I worry about my mom. I worry about my dad driving. I worry about my grandma. Mm-hmm. I never even thought about that our mm-hmm. kids was stressed about mm-hmm. us going to work every day but we've never gave children an outlet to say how mm-hmm. they feel but at open hearts mm-hmm. you gonna talk about how you feel <laughs> how, how school table. going how home going mm-hmm. and it's just a real open dialogue it's kind of like just keep living you can be vulnerable we cry it out we laugh it out you know we gotta tell some of them to sit down a thousand times I'll but it's like it's our, lot. you will I come up in there like y'all cutting up <laughs> I don't attend the meetings because I, I, cause, uh, so the beauty about it is some, a lot of the kids I met because a lot of their parents or they partake in other services of OHL. And so that is an outlet. And if they experience too much of me, like I have no problem relinquishing authorship. A lot of leaders have a problem doing that because I'm the leader. I need, no, I'm going to fall back. You got it? Cool. Bye. I'm going to see y'all next week. Let me know y'all need me to buy some supplies. We good. Yeah. I don't know how many times I'm like, y'all just need me to buy the, y'all having the food? Nah, okay. Let me, but Mr. Dwayne sent me the, what y'all want. Okay. Mm-hmm. I bought it. It's at the office and I'm out because they already experienced me on a different level. If you experience me in co- coaching, they're like, that's Miss April. Uh-oh. And if I come into their safe space where it's like, why do you talk about Miss April, Miss Jenna? She got on my damn nerves this week, <laughs> right. and I want you to know. You gonna tell her? But I need you to know. You know, I need them to be able to do that, and I feel like well, it's I an can't outlet. Really it's say. an outlet. And that eventually grows into healthy boundaries and relationships because, I mean, there's so many kids. I I have no biological children, but I have. I tell people all the time. They be like, "What well, do you have kids?" I be like, "Yeah, I got 16 of them." They be like. Like, girl, right with you? <laughs> i'm like not my biological but i have kids yeah. right yeah and i tell my parents i tell the mentors when when you sign that paper and you bring your baby into my center this is my baby too mm. that's my kid mm. so just as hard as i will fight for them in the center if they in the grocery store cutting up somewhere they're gonna get that eye what you yeah. doing i mean does this passion change for you because it seems Mm-mm. as though you <laughs> have just been touching on a lot of subjects and touching people's lives whether it be adults or whether it be children or whether it be men and women i'm just like um because when you said something about um you decided to be in the biomed medical mm-hmm. you know of learning that and then you shift and saw in your direction so like where did your passion dri- dr- was driven from? Like, I mean, because I was like, I understood the medicine part, you know, because you was about to say you ain't about to give my grandma all this stuff, you know, you, about to to like, you ain't about to give me all that stuff. Either. About I'm about that to personal see story. You, That's yeah, what Parshel wants yeah, to know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know where this, where this, where this background coming from. So the truth is, <laughs> we only want the truth. The <laughs> truth is, mm-hmm. there is there is no background story. It's just life for me. It's it's where I fall and where I land, and then what am, what opportunity am I taking with me to say like this is where I'm at now? Who who I was when I originally started? So what a lot of people don't know, everybody thinks OHL started in 2015. Me coming back, 
that's not what happened. Um, I actually received open heart educators in 03 as a junior at A&M because there was a community in Alabama where some kids were not being uh, treated properly and their school was getting ready to be shut down. And I was like, why are they going to shut down a black school and bust these kids out to Decatur, Alabama, where they're going to be subjected to racism because they hate us out there. But they didn't care. So I was like, nah. I went to some educators at the, at the campus. I went to the dean of um, education at Alabama A&M. And I was like, you know, when I was growing up in California, we had tutors. We had people that would just come and teach us what we failed. How come you guys can't, we can't take the educator, the education um, majors and the communication majors and, and people that willing to do volunteer hours and just go start tutoring. And she was like, well, you started and I'll advise you. So I ended up starting Open Heart Educators on campus, and I solic- made a solicitation to the education department. And the next thing you know, people from the engineering department, the chemistry department, like everybody was, how do I sign up? I, I know we can help. And then Dr. Chalasani, ch- shout out to Dr. Chalasani. He was just an amazing man on campus. Um, he had a way about of seeking out. He he could like he had that discernment that he could just tell young ladies who did not grow up with fathers, and he mm-hmm. presented himself as a father figure. So even though I flunked his chemistry class the first <laughs> semester, I went back and was like, I'm gonna take it again because I I, I you know what I'm saying I fucks with you, Doctor yeah. Charles Bonnie, so I'm on a passion <laughs> class, right? So, <laughs> but no, seriously, he he was the one that. It was like you come to my class high again, smelling like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I get you kicked out of school. And I was like, oh, I don't function without being high. <laughs> I'm a past chemistry and I ain't on the you oh and and then went to all my other professors like if she come to your class smelling like that stuff, we gonna get her kicked out. And I'm talking about all of them. And my poor little boyfriend was like, you not gonna make it. You about to be a dropout. I was like, I probably will. <laughs> Well, can, can can you talk about your your mental health journey? Because oh. <laughs> you seem that, that, that's dope. Because you seem very aware and sure of what where life leads you and where you need to go. I knew something was wrong with me when I had the mindset to know that something was wrong with me. Mm. Wow. And, awareness. And that awareness. came really young. We, ain't got, we don't have no head, but know. that's real though. Because people don't right. understand it. But it happened for me so young. Ignore them. How did it, but like, was there, was there an experience that you came through? Did somebody tell you something or did like No, it was happen? an experience that I was experiencing. Something yeah. was wrong from... I tell people my mental health started from the womb. My mental health started when my mother was raped by my father and never sought help. And so the emotions and the things that she emoted to me from the belly, I came Mm. out with problems. Mm. So I, because I couldn't speak as a baby, I didn't know how to relate that, but I may have cried a little more. I may have noticed you that she don't hold me as much as the other mama's holding their babies and, well, why I got to go over here, you know? And yeah. so once I became to speak and there, I knew I was different. I remember telling my grandma one day when I was nine, and she said, well, something, she told my mom, something wrong with that baby. <laughs> just like a black like, grandma. No, what you mean? My grandma said, she just, I don't know, she loved everybody. 
My mom, you know, yeah. religious typical. Oh, that's good. That's the love of God. And my grandma was like, no, nah, that ain't. That baby like girls, Regina. And my mom was like, no, she doesn't. Oh, my God. My grandma was like, no, nah, watch her. Watch her. She don't. She different with the boys than she is with the girls. And then one day my grandfather said, well, I think she like everybody. There you go. Wow. And girl said, oh, well, oh, we got a big situation right now. She's nine. Wow. And I remember telling the teacher one day, she said, well, you can say, I said, I kiss who I want to kiss. Mm. They kiss me back. That's who I'm going to kiss. Can't well, ain't tell wrong with that. love, right? As a grown up. But as a kid, you don't. I nobody gave me to talk about sexuality. Not I, was like, I know who I like, right? Yeah. And so, but my experience stemmed through trauma. Mm. So I didn't learn until I became an adult that mm. a lot of my mental health situations stem from suppressing situations, trying to navigate through them as normal. Mm which there is no such thing as normal. Mm. There's a such thing as circumstance. What's your circumstance? What's your circumstance? What's your circumstance? We got to get out of the, well, this is normal. It's not normal. This is your circumstance. My circumstance was I came about from a mother and a father who grew together, grew up together as childhood friends. Grandmas used to live next door from there. Mother grew up religious. Daddy grew up in the world. Um, Mother went off to college. Mommy and daddy were good friends. Mom came back. Dad raped mom. Asked dad. He admitted it and because she thought she was better than everybody else. And <gasps> literally there. But then here's the flip side as you want my personal story. I'm my father's firstborn girl. I have an older brother named Quincy. Um, my dad wanted a boy, so my dad treated me different. But my dad developed an unhealthy relationship with me as his firstborn girl. So I endured physical and sexual abuse from my father. So he didn't view me as his daughter. He viewed me as you are a woman. So as I got older, it it became more tight. It became like, I'm not fooling with you. And drugs is a hell of a thing. Drugs and alcohol played a very big part in that. Um, so as I began to get older, I had what was called a love-hate relationship for my father. My father was my first love. That was the first man that I ever had a intimate tongue kiss from. You know how most little girls got that story? I remember when I was in like fifth grade and a little tummy. I'm like, no, I remember being eight and it was my dad. He might have been high off heroin, but we had a kiss, right? So a lot of people, who remember the movie Eve's Bayou? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the scene where she went in there and, and her dad was drunk and she sat on her dad's having a drink. She, she patted herself to look kind of like her mom. She mimicked basically the imagery of her mom. And when he kissed his daughter and his daughter didn't get in and he slapped her because he came to like, wait, it's there. Well, I love that part of the movie. I was like, well, what was wrong with it? Wow. And my brother was like, something is off his hell, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> hell no, what you mean? And I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. Am I, you know, being religious? Man, we just going to pray, pray it away. Mm-hmm. And not saying, Regina, you got to put, like, put her into something. Right? That's that's Scott Daddy. That's Scott Daddy. Because we be putting so much on God, and I know he tired of our shit. And girl, he probably be like, if y'all don't leave me alone, I done gave y'all the solutions already. <laughs> Just utilize them. And, yeah. and then come to me when those don't work. But we don't try those first. So we, we immediately go to him, which is cool sometimes, too. You can immediately go to him. Because some things you got to ask him to just take away and not take you through it. 
Ooh. Mm. So like when I knew I was a functioning alcoholic, I was like, no, 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 this is not something I, this is not something I need you to take me through. Like I need you to take this away. And I'm not afraid to ask for exactly what I need. Mm. I was like, you know me better than I know me, but I know me too. And so this is where the compromise of that. I love your dialogue with the Lord. (laughs) I need you to take this. This is not like, oh, I don't. People trip out of how I pray. You know how some people be like, oh, dear heavenly father, God, we come in. I'll be like, hey, what's up? Look, this nigga tripping. And if you don't do this, somebody going to jail. So I need you to fix my shit. Fix my heart right now. Like right now. And and I'm going to wait. And I'll be sitting there like. I feel like like we need our other. We got another song. We got it. Been a whole nother kind of I show. just want to throw this out here that I need uh Shauna and April to do Bible study. Yeah. No, 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 they don't. They That'd need to lit. make a Bible <laughs> translation. Y'all don't understand. Lit, they don't understand how Shauna be reading the Bible and breaking the Bible down to us. We I'll be like, that's what they said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I need y'all I'll to be do like, one do y'all know that nigga Moses ain't gonna be up there with us because he done smote the damn rock. That's me, straight up. Like I, I know that's probably off, but no, no, you reaching no, the people. Yes, you reaching the like, people. Literally, that's so funny. Like she recipes. I remember my grandma was in her home and I said, "Grandma," <laughs> she said, "What?" She knew some foolishness was coming because I would try to make her like. <laughs> And I said, well, how you think you're going to be in heaven? She said, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus and uh, sing. And fire. she said, well, how you going to be, right? I said, well, I'm going to be the nigga on the gate with half a wing eating sunflower seeds. Like, you see them niggas didn't make it, but we good. <laughs> she was so angry. You don't play with God like that. I was like, but I'm not playing. And I'm riding on the lion. Like, y'all better get on this since we've been waiting to do this all our lives. Like, I just want to ride a lion. Mm. Ride a yeah. lion, talk to it too. Like, I said, this one's saying. And then <laughs> we got to get like, y'all on the Bible study. I'm just saying. And then I'm going to go hang with Zachy. It's like, nigga, why you was in the tree when he came? Why you was scared of what was happening? From <laughs> <laughs> a little girl, like, why Zachy was in the tree, though? Like, you didn't get on the ground with everybody. You would be getting on Sky Daddy Nerve. Like, God, like, I got he questions. He going to be like, you know what? Leave the gate cracked. Come around the back. Gabriel, don't you touch that. Be gay hey. alone. Leave the gate alone. All right. Everybody else be like, no, nah, but no. Said, oh, Lord Jesus, is a fire. And that's coming me. Looking at her. Oh, Lord Jesus, is a fire. Burning and burning. Y'all burning, burning down here. He was burning on earth. Now he burning, burning. Hey. burning, burning. He burning, burning down oh, man. Oh, no, it's, oh I knew my God. mental health was was not intact because there were just a lot of things that were conditioned in me through religious beliefs um, and through black culture. Mm. Sometimes we, we want to disregard black culture and make it a beautiful thing. And sometimes I'm like, black culture mm. could be traumatic and be a horrible thing. Good and God, if like, we don't oh, disrupt it, you're going to have a gang of... <laughs> fucked up kids mm-hmm. and adults because and when I say fucked up kids I'm talking about grown kids because mm-hmm. okay. kids are just gonna navigate with how they are but mm-hmm. um I had a psychotic break in 
So I'm trying to like navigate so you guys get it. There's so much. I'm so complex. I'm human though. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot to me. Um, there's different. I call it my trauma timeline, my trauma cycle. My There's so much that happened in pens and some things overlap. But long story short, in 2006, um, I was sexually assaulted. That was my last sexual assault. So I say, thank God. And then I'm like, it had to happen the way that it did. But um, someone put a date rape drug in my drink, uh, a supervisor for my job. <gasps> and At the so, pharmaceutical place? No. Oh, this was before. Oh, my God. So this is when I actually worked at another company. I won't name the company, but another company. And I was a, um, a senior training lead. So I was traveling and I was doing a lot of the new hire training in that. And, um, basically uh had his way with me i don't remember you know i didn't remember much of it um and as a result of that i became pregnant mm. but i didn't know i was pregnant so how do you explain to your girlfriend at three years that you're pregnant and she like bitch i ain't got a dick so what we doing mm. i'm like i don't know like that was like really you didn't even know that you were married moments it. like you don't say you repeat in the Bible. <laughs> like, what is happening? Because I know I didn't. I was like, I didn't. Uh, she like, if you slept with, some, you know, you slept with your ex, just let me. And I'm like, uh, I'm literally breaking down because I'm like, I don't. Uh, that's when you discovered that you were raped. I discovered it's that I was. pregnancy? Yeah. So this is the thing, though. I came to California in 06 for my cousin's birthday and I could not eat. I could, the only thing I can hold down was Gatorade, alcohol, and Subway. And I was like, that's like weird. I couldn't even eat my aunt's food. And she's like, you always, I was throwing up everything. Everything stunk, right? I never been pregnant in my life. So I was like, and then my cousin like did something. She poked me in my breast. And I was like, ow. And my aunt was like, come here. You know, something about good Southern women. They know them old remedies that say, right? Your walk. So she called, about a fish. Not even that. She called me in the bathroom. She said, lift your shirt up. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. You know, it's my great tea. It's my great TZ. I'm like, I'm lifting my shirt. Something happened. Mm -hmm. She like, lift your shirt up. She like, pull your breast out. I said, Titi, what the fuck? What are you doing up in here? Like, That's how it be. It is. It, it be that simple. You, she know how I grew up. I'm like, not you. Damn, they don't got you. Like, we not doing this. I'll fight you. I'm grown. I will beat yeah. you. She like, no, pull, pull your breasts out. I'm like, Titi, what happened? And she pinched my breast. I said, what the fuck would you do that for? She said, mm. you got sex with a man? And I said, no. Okay. And she left it at that. And then I found out later why she pinched my breast. It's something about, I guess, the sensitivity when you're pregnant and there yeah. you start already yeah. lactating yeah. from the time that you, I don't know, I ain't never been pregnant. Uh -huh. She knew, though. Uh -huh. But I kept throwing up. And when I was on the plane coming back, going back to Huntsville in Texas, I started getting hot. Mm. Before boarding, and I was sitting on a plane, and I'm throwing up, and I'm thinking, "Oh, I don't eat the bad food; it's the alcohol." <laughs> and I'm Subway telling in the Gatorade, man, that's all I was surviving off of. Like we turn up, alcohol, Subway, Gatorade, good living life. Like you I'm was hydrated. I was, I was there. Electrolytes was on point. Like, yeah, come balance the alcohol with, with the, the carbs. Lemon. The carbs from Subway, <laughs> like, like you was then, going for yeah, days. The bread gonna soak up in my mind. It made sense. It made sense for me. Right? Still makes sense. Got on the plane. The plane, you know, was doing a little turbulence, and I'm throwing up. And the flight attendant's like, are you sure? And I'm like, 
And then finally I passed out on the plane. And she's like, do we have medical? And I just remember like <laughs> these people. Here's how God works though. Mm. On the way to Huntsville. So there was a OBGYN. There was a pediatrician. And there were two nurses. So all of these people are on my same flight going back to Huntsville. Oh, right? Yes, God. So when I passed out, she's like, they're medical. So they all coming up like, so I'm throwing up, I'm dry heaving. And, and the doctor, he introduced himself. He's like, you know, you need to. And the nurse was like, let me just take your pulse in there. And she looked at, she kept looking at the doctor <laughs> and looking at, and she said, is there something you need to tell us? Because, you know, legally they can't diagnose, nope. they can't, nope. they can ask questions. And if you imply, mm-hmm. then they move. She was trying to get me to say, oh, I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. She said, is there something you need to tell us? Are you expecting? Is there anything that I'm like, Mm-mm. so she kept looking at the doctor and, they, at this point, I think, and now hindsight, they knew, but they couldn't tell me without having the proper equipment to say, you're actually pregnant. So he told the flight attendant, when we land, you have to have an ambulance on the top. Like, we have to get her off. Oh, my God. Like, we have to get her off. And so they moved me up to first class. Like, some of the people kind of moved back and was like, you know. So we got landed, got to the hospital. My girlfriend was like, oh, my God, what happened? We in there, and my doctor just happened to be delivering a baby for another <laughs> patient in there. And I'm like, Dr. Baby, like, they done called me in, peed in that, on that, in that cup. You know, they take your blood work and all of that. And that's when he was like, did you know you're expecting? And I was like, expecting what? <laughs> we got cancer, so I'm like, well, what's happening? He was like, you're with child. And I just remember my girlfriend's face after she was like, I said, well, how long? And he said, you're almost six weeks. And I said, and in my head, you know, you just immediately start, what the fuck was I doing six weeks? Like, wasn't I at work? Did I go? Did we go? What happened? And she like, six weeks, you was, I mean, you know, and I'm like, I ain't travel. I ain't do nothing. But what happened, he started talking about it in the call center with other people. And there was actually four of us pregnant at the same time. What? So when I went to work, Hold like, there were no oh, girls. No, 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 Same. Four people can't be pregnant in the world at the same time. Are you telling us that he got four people pregnant? Yeah, he was a serial rapist. Oh, shit. So he had four. So one of the young ladies was a, two of them were college students. Damn. So one young lady, uh, immediately had abortion and her parents actually unenrolled her from A&M and she went back to Ohio. She was like, it was Trump. Yeah. I don't want to be here. Uh, Come get me. They came and got got their baby. The other girl, she aborted and she actually quit work and I don't know whatever happened to her. And then the other girl that was pregnant was actually the girl he was dating. So of course she had her baby. Like to her, it was like, this is my boyfriend. And then me, I wasn't going to abort, but what happened was I told God, so this is where the psychotic break comes in. I went home and I literally stood in the living room, cried, and I was like, you know what? I'm out. And I left everything there and I left. And I literally went back to my, because it was, I mean, we got both still had our own apartments, but, um, I told God, if you take, if you, you help me through this, 
I'm going to leave the lifestyle. I'm going to leave everything that reminds me of anything traumatic. So that means literally leaving your life. Mm -hmm. Everything. All your memories. Everything. If you take me through this, get me through this, God, then I'll leave everything. And I know what I heard. And he was like, I got you. And I left. I didn't owe anybody any explanation. I didn't owe anybody any reasoning for why I needed to choose my mental health over them or it or they or this. Right. And so I ended up having to abort my child because my I became septic of the liver. So, meaning, if you don't understand what septic is, it's when your blood turns toxic. So, literally, my body was turning against me. And I had to make a medical decision because if they gave me the blood thinners, both of us wouldn't survive through labor. So, I had to sign a record that says, who do you save? So, my doctor wanted me to sign, if you go full term, do you want me to save you or your baby? We can't save both. So, you choose now. And I was like, well, what the fuck? If I choose me, I'm going to have to still go through labor and push out this baby. And you're telling me this, my baby won't survive. Or you're going to take the means so that my baby survives. But I understand that once I have this baby, my blood loss will be so fast that you guys will not be able to save me. Who makes that decision? Do I leave this baby here without no mom? Or do I leave me here without my baby? So I say, you know what? I'm going to make a decision, and I decided to have a, terminate my pregnancy. But before I terminated, I said, I want to hear my baby's heartbeat. And the lady's like, are you sure? Yeah, I want to see it. all that. I still have it. Still have my little sonogram. I still have my little chart thing. They, You know, they chart the baby's yeah. thing on my paperwork. And she let me hear it. And the day that I went in for the legal abortion at that time, because legal, it was legal in Alabama at that time, um, did – did my thing, and I. that was the only time I was ever pregnant. And from then on, I told God, the next time I get pregnant, let it be from love and let it be with my husband. Mm-hmm. And until you give me that, I'm okay with, with, with being without child. And I, as y'all see, I have no babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have babies, other folks' yes, babies, yes, but yes. I'm good. Like, I had to make wow. peace. The psychotic break came from trying to navigate myself through all my traumas without having anybody to unload and feel safe just because people are therapists some people don't always feel safe with them Mm -hmm. i didn't want to have to explain my life i needed somebody to help me navigate it yeah i don't want to explain it to you help me navigate it though this is what a b and c help me navigate it i didn't know this is where we was going today on this podcast (laughs) oh my god i'm here holding my breath i know i'm like what the I hold back tears. We're going to get back on track, but yes, mm-hmm. yes. what happened to the serial race, uh, races? Well, they out there Rapist. too. <laughs> <laughs> Rapists. Um, we had to like, well, I couldn't press charges because it was too late and oh, I would have, it would have been hard for me to prove um, because he used a date rape drug. And so um, the company fired him and um, that, that's it. They should have paid. Y'all Are you serious? Out. How many well, of y'all? You can't prove. You can't. Uh, how do you prove rape, it? Rape is a how hard do you prove word. But it was for uh, y'all. It's, his, it's our word against his word. Oh my god! How do you prove that? See, that's that. That be where. So that's a flawed mm-hmm. right? That's so how right. do you prove that? You yeah. don't know. So. We could all been like at his house for a party, which we were, which we always did. Wait. So. 
He got like, he raped y'all all on the same night. No. Oh, no. I was about to say. It came Damn. out from there. So what happened is it started coming out, and then people, and then yeah. we started putting pieces together in there, and then he ultimately admitted to some of the other guys. This guy talk, and they was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Mm, nah, this. And I remember my brother. My brother was in federal prison. And I remember my brother was like, I'm probably gonna end up back in jail mm. when I get out. Mm. Give me his name, and I was like. Mm. To this day, no. So the kicker was, after that, going through therapy, I was like, I have to forgive him. And one day I was at the grocery store, and he literally, I heard somebody going, hey, and I remember holding my bags, and I was like, you know, it's South. People hit on you all the time. And it's like, you like, brother? And I remember turning around, and I remember standing in the public parking lot peeing on myself, and I dropped my bags. And all my groceries, and I remember the little cart boy was like, "Oh my God, ma'am!" And I just yelled at the top of my lung, "I hate you, rapist!" And he was like, "I didn't rape you. You wanted it and done it." And I just remember this lady was like, "What the fuck? Like, if you don't, you know, get it, yo." It was bad. And then I seen him again with his daughter and his girlfriend. And I walked up to his daughter. Is this the same girlfriend that worked at the job that was pregnant? Is she stuck by him? I'm going to stick beside him. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) That's mine. And I'm going to stick beside him. Oh my God! But and I walked got a up daughter. to his daughter. He got he got a lot of kids. I walked up to his daughter and I told her how beautiful she was, and I told her, no matter what you hear in life, remember your dad is your dad. And he was like, he didn't know what I was gonna say. And the girlfriend was like, and I looked at the girlfriend and I said, you have to live with the decisions you make for her. And whatever comes to light, understand, be prepared to prepare her for it. Mm. And I looked at him and I said, and I forgive you. You're sick. You need help. I said, I forgive you. I said, because what you took from me, I'll never be able to give back. But I said, you make sure you give her everything that you don't have in you as a man. You ask God for it and you give it to her. And prepare her to meet a nigga like you. Yep. And that's prepare her worst. to heal from a nigga like you. I mean, and you ain't had nobody navigating you through this? Nah. Girl. And he didn't, I mean, and then, like, he tried to Ooh. add me on Facebook, like, a few years ago. And that I was like, is that's, that's, that's wow. therapeutic you, but you pushing it, brother. Like, we not there. <laughs> you know, I, I still oh got that pistol. I still would like you. What you just did, girl, was, like, so therapeutic. Like, you opened doors for you like no other. Like, that, mm, I can't, you, mm. You've created an you've created an organization exactly. for every aspect of the trauma you've had in your life. Bingo, literally Bingo. got it. We haven't even got to that. <laughs> April's has therapists. We haven't even got to everything that Open Heart Leader has to offer. This episode was sponsored by Open Heart Leaders, where we approach every situation with an open heart. You can find us at www.openheartleaders.org, where you can donate, dedicate. And do your thing. And that's how I ended up there because I took Jacob. Everybody knows I adopted Jacob. I ended up having Jacob see one of your therapists because I didn't want him to have abandonment issues. I'm trying to be ahead of the the curve. I want him to be the best adult he can be. And then y'all had another service. And I was like, oh, I can do that if they'll have me. (laughs) So, and another thing you touched on there is you said my brother was in federal prison. Mm -hmm. You do a lot with the community and prison and social injustices. Can I'm you big on tell? incest. I'm big on education. I'm big on prison reform. I'm big on molestation, substance abuse, 
mental health. Like I'm big on everything that consumed me as a individual, as a human, as a human, not even you as a child. This is stuff you've dealt with as an adult, as a human. That's why I tell people when they say, well, who do you service? I say people from the womb to the tomb Mm. because it started in the womb for me and it's not going to end until I'm dead and gone. So from the womb to the tomb, I'll help whoever I can. So if your baby in the belly and you ain't dealing with some shit, come see me. Mm. Because what you are relaying in emotions is going to transpire when that child... Why that baby so mean? Because their mama was mean. It ain't that baby just, oh, why that baby so evil and don't be... Because your mama was evil. Like, and people don't believe in that, but I'm like, it is what it is. Energy Mm. is real. Mm. Who we are as beings are real. and, and And most people are not aware of it. I just want to um, say something to you. Uh, mm-hmm. In the beginning, you were like, you explaining, you was describing yourself and you was like, I'm, you know, I'm flawed. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you were just saying a lot of things, mm-hmm. but you don't even understand. Like, I know you were just like really being humbled in the result of just, you know, <laughs> being who you were. But I just want you to know all that just hearing just even a little bit of your story right now. And I just want you to know that I see you being beautiful, an advocate, a survivor, <laughs> fearfully, wonderfully made. Girl, I need you to change your whole phrase up because <laughs> you God are amazing. So, okay? speak to us. You speak are to amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But you know, April is not the only one that has a story like this. Mm-hmm. What I love about your story is that you've decided to empower others. Mm-hmm. Of course. And you're doing it based on your community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how whoever's listening to this and they may be listening. They've had their own trauma that they don't even know how to verbalize yet. You are more than what happened to you. Like, mm-hmm. Take that hurt and that pain and turn it into something else and show up for somebody else. Be the advocate. That's, That's one my thing. shirt. I am. She has three shirts. I say, you know what? So I recently went on family vacation <laughs> and realized that I still have some shit going on because I wanted to beat up like half of the family at the, the thing. Like I'm about to fuck everybody up in this kitchen. It be like that. Like and it was real. Like not on, on no joke. Like I told my mom yeah. if I don't get, I'm I'm changing my flight. I'm going home because if I don't, I'm gonna beat up your sister. I'm gonna beat up her daughter. And I'm going to tag uncle on the way out because he reckless too with his mouth. And this is just how it's going to happen. This My is black like, family. This yeah, is yeah, it. That's yeah. right. I was like, look, y'all, done, y'all keep traumatizing me, I said, and you triggering the fuck out of me. Uh, and I yeah. said, you know what? And I just went silent. And my other cousin was like, when she goes silent, y'all already y'all know everybody danger. Y'all in danger. She about to get loose with the men. She about to get loose with the men. It wasn't over so Uno or it, When space, I go right? quiet, okay. everybody better. If I just be like, yeah, I'm just... They was like, uh-oh. Time to leave. My great-uncle was like, yep, put that pistol up. Read them, put that pistol up. Because <laughs> I'm one of the best shooters in my family. They know. So it would have went down. I, I have no problem. But the thing was, I was like, you know what? In every aspect of anybody's life, we are traumatized. We endure trauma. We're triggered. And then the thing is, we want to be transformed so we can transition to our greater life. Most wow. people don't get past these first two, being traumatized and triggered. Show it all. So they, they don't do. get past the being traumatized and triggered. 
right? And so I had to realize for me, that was the lesson God needed me to get on this family vacation in Florida to say, how do you create a new formula to, to transpire so that the community at large understands what you're trying to say, whether it's in the professional realm, the personal realm, the all of that. You know what I'm saying? Trauma is overeating. I was like, damn, I'll be doing that, huh? I'll be overindulging, right? Trauma is working out too much. Like, you got to work out 12 hours a day, baby. You go, go sit your ass down somewhere or something. Get a chip. It's, it's going to burn off tomorrow. It's going to burn chip. off tomorrow, right? A it, too much we, dip on your we chip. We try to make trauma such a ugly we we put the ugly face on trauma but people don't realize some of the normal activities in day is trauma trauma is overextended behavior that is excessive that will ultimately end in damage that is trauma and think about how many things you give a baby too much sugar you didn't you didn't ruin their teeth you traumatizing that baby's mouth like so it's that kind of ram. So I crossed it out to say I'm traumatized. I said, no, I don't own that. I am triggered. No, I don't want to own that. And I left transform, transforming for my greater transition. Some people was like, no, you want to transition and transform. And I said, no, you don't. You want to transform to transition. I said, look at it this way, right? If you are a bank teller and you want to become a branch manager, and you have to transform to transition to become the bank manager. Absolutely. Do I just make you the bank manager and then be like, now, fail. Jenna, you got to learn, you got to transform to do. No. Think about just the cycle of life, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So that's why it reads the way that it does. And that's what I'm pushing. This is for the life sector from there. And the educate sector, that, that simple tagline is be ready. Okay. Be ready. Right. And so it's like it's it's so much that comes into play with all of this. I never know what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do. I just live. And you are just living. I like I like the way that you deal with the ugly side of of life in Mm. a sense of the way how you sat down and you've. You didn't own it, but you said this is a part of what happened to me and this Mm -hmm. is how I walked through it, because a lot of times. I've never, it's rare that I see people who, for me, you know, a strong woman who sat down and dealt with those things that you have been through mm-hmm. and, and walked through it and become a pilot for so many other people, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so to me, that's so deep the way that you just look at these things that I happen and how you're able to navigate through it. Because a lot of us just, including me, was just taught to put it, store it. That's, that's forget mm-hmm. about it. It doesn't, but that you use that to change and, and to mold, like you said, transform you into who you into who you are, and that's like a, that's something I'm learning today. Is just take those things; they've happened, they are they, that that you can't ignore it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And just you as, can't pray it away. You can't pray it away. And you know what I'm saying? And these are things that I'm learning to deal with as today. And like you were saying, like we're big kids at, at at some age. If you don't deal with it, you're just a big kid trying to mm-hmm. trying to navigate through these issues of life. And so when you're given to these kids that way. I think it's so important because I was reading a book and it, and it said a man who can a man who can uh, understand his emotions and and control his emotions and walk through his emotions is a man who who is a man who will excel far in life. And I never understood that until I kind of understand it now. It's because it doesn't matter how much book knowledge I have and how much stuff that I've been chasing around. But if I can't navigate with my inner self and who I am and all the things that have happened to me, I'm still out here hurting people. I'm still out here doing things that, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I will never evolve into the person that I'm supposed to be because 
I, I can't, I will never be able to tame the stuff that I'm supposed to have because my emotions are blocking so many relationships, so many, so many things with my kids, so many things with, you know, my wife, so many things with my job. I'll never be able to, to get that. So you doing this and talking about it to me is so deep beyond what you can like, you know what I'm saying? We can imagine because it's a way of people being like, damn bro, like, yeah, you went through some fucked up stuff. Some stuff happened, but this is how you kind of like this is an example of how you walk through it. We but don't I, get. The, we I don't can't get those do that. I don't, sometimes I don't get with that. Like I can't. I can't tell people how to walk through their stuff. And I, I from there, I tell them experience and how it comes at you, and then we'll yeah. navigate it together. I I don't do life for people. I do life with people. Yes. So I, that's the literal thing. I'm not the healing period. You're Some people go to places mm-hmm. to the doctor and they're like, we're the we're the heal period. We're I'm the heal dot dot dot. That means yeah. whatever comes about, we're gonna go. But anytime I'm dealing with male clients and and, and mm-hmm. they're dealing from there everybody wants to tell them like feel your emotions and do that and da 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 and I'm dealing with a couple right now and they're trying to navigate through yeah. you know she's like well, I just want him in there and I said well what are, what are you doing to create something in, in there mm. and she said well I'm da, da 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 and I looked at him one day and I said have you ever found your safe space mm-hmm. and his wife was explaining well yeah we I said you're not it <laughs> the first thing I tell a man to do because yeah. it's not they're not subjected to tap into that type of realm of life from the womb mm-hmm. is find a safe space. And most men, their safe spaces, they either neglect, elude, or disregard because someone told them it doesn't fit their ideal feature of what is a man. Yeah. If your safe space is sitting on the guy doggone game for two hours because it calms your peace and your balance Mm -hmm. and it swings your pendulum back to the middle to center you, leave that man alone, lady, and go in there and cook a rib or something. Let his ass be on the game for two hours. But you want to, I think the grass needed to be mowed. Did you help the boys get to basketball practice? Did you? Because this is what a man's supposed to do. But he's all supposed to be centered because if you don't allow a man to be in their natural element to lead where you trust him to lead, then the woman ultimately steps into that role to feel like I have to be that. A lot of us rightfully take that as a badge of honor rather than a sword and shield to say, yeah. I got it. That's, all, gotta we, that's all we know. Mm-hmm. Girl, that ain't all I Girl, know. She I don't know my book. Yeah. You know I mean? Saying? I get that now at this age. Yeah. But yeah. For, weeks, for so long, I'm like, who else going to be in charge? Somebody yeah. going to have to do it. That, but, I hate when people be asking me all the time, why you not married? And I'll be like, because I've never know? met a person that I trust their capability to lead based on my life story. Yeah. I'm a lot. I'm a lot to handle. I'm a lot. I come with a lot. Mm-hmm. So you cannot be of weak stature and be like, yeah, my wife, you got to be like, no, you are right. And go. for some people, they like, girl, ain't no man like that. I was like, do you know my God? Who hey. is hey. out there? And he going to show up like, I'm What's here. Up? Sit down. What's I got that? this. Yeah. We not doing that. And I'm going to say, go on to your thing, Dang. daddy. Go on to your thing. Go on to your thing. You know? And I'm going to say, daddy. She said, daddy. So here's this joke <laughs> about that. Thing, daddy. Right. I'll joke in there, but I've always said, when I'm married or when I, I don't do the daddy word. I, I don't believe in displacement of ego. Mm. You're not my daddy. Mm. You're my husband, my man. Mm. Girl, you make the these lead. husbands sound exactly. real valuable. Okay. <laughs> they are. They, they, can you explain that to me, though? We got they a whole other episode I need you to break the daddy no, down it, just it, a little it, bit. <laughs> break, can you uh, break it down? Because I got a big daddy in my phone, so I need to know why <laughs> we ain't saying that. really do. <laughs> there is elements of, in everything we do, 
there are elements of who we are that come out through a joke or through a serious aspect of our life. Right. I remember when dealing with my weight, I would always make the fat girl jokes. Well, girl, give me that because you know I'm big and I love. And one day my cousin says, stop saying that shit because you don't like being big. And I just broke down. (laughs) And she said, well, are you ready to change that? And here's where the self-discipline comes. No, I'm going to keep being fat because I'm I'm about to go get this cheeseburger right now. I wasn't ready, right? When we're ready to commit to change, we do it. When I was ready to not drink anymore, take this from me, God. Right? That's why I don't fake it. Like, we be, Jenna was like, well, we gonna be working out. I was like, mm mm, I'm probably not gonna. <laughs> I told her to come at nine. Probably not uh, gonna not do gonna that. Do right? I could have been like, girl, yeah, I'm gonna try to make. I'm probably not gonna do that. My other friend, all the time, right? Because I have to go through this myself. You do. Right? It's so some people are like, you gotta, don't tell me what to do. Well, you know, you shouldn't be eating that honey bun. And you shouldn't be sleeping with a married man. So we both got issues. So we eat. What are we doing? Like the honey bun and the husband. We even. Yeah, it's all wrong. It's all wrong, right? It's all wrong when it's taken out of context, right? So it's like the the daddy thing to me is when usually when young ladies try to acquire features that they either aspire to have in their father or they need those features to sustain them because. Grown women still have little girl qualities. And if you speak to the little girl in me and that was my happy point in life, then I don't give a damn about the woman point in my life. The only thing that you're bringing out to the table is dick. And now I get to, you know, have this feeling of the physical aspect. But my mental is still your daddy because that was my happy point. And for a man, it might be I need charge. I need control. Change his name, girl. Change his name. Change his name. So I didn't have control over that. So it's, it's all mental. Like, we have to be careful with what we put in the atmosphere and what we claim to stake or attach to our name, to our energy, to our vibe. I'm very, very guarded with my energy. Everybody doesn't have access to me. Uh-huh. I tell people all the time, I'm a very public figure, but everybody does not have access to me. You could be in a very large crowded convention room and see me speak to everybody and people hug want to take a picture but the often truth is there are probably maybe one or two people that have direct access Mm. to me and what i mean access that means they can tap into me and understand that if i move to the left they understand she's mad Mm -hmm. if i blink or turn my head too swift to the right oh that's probably somebody she got a problem with you cannot give everybody access to you like that. I don't even, I tell my sister all the time, stop giving your kids and your husband too much access. Like people get offended. Oh my God. No, nah, that's real. Until mm-hmm. you are in a healthy place, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, you cannot get, you will damage them. If I love you enough, I'm not going to break you because I'm broken. Wow. Ooh, so I have to be willing to be like, you know what? Right now is really not a good time for us Don't to be do it. friends, Jenna, because, girl, I know you went through kind of this situation yeah. and I went through that. And if we get together, we just going to gossip, talk shit, and both still You know what? I say real quick. That's good. I don't have the mental capacity. I tell people all the time, I don't have the mental capacity to deal with what you got going on Uh and plus what I got on. And people that love me and understand that, they have boundaries, they be like, bet. 
they get it. Because yes. you don't want to be dumping off mm-hmm. stuff emotionally onto another person yeah. that's already broken. I got now that shirt. Don't, describe, don't subscribe me to your issues. That's, that's that dress that we got. Out of love. Mm-hmm. Out of love. Like, please let me just breathe and be free right now. You got to figure your shit out. Because I'm no, a person I don't who always want to breathe. I, sometimes I need to suffocate because I'm a person that I have to be, I, I am my best me when it's applied under pressure. I learned that about me. Oh, okay. So if you let me breathe too much, I'm going to get comfortable and then I'm going to be stagnant. Nah, sometimes I, I got to breathe a little bit. So I'm going to break through, right? I'll be like, uh-uh, let me breathe. Let me think, <laughs> let me get through my journey. thoughts real quick. Right, everybody different. Uh, we getting ready to wrap it up. And I just... I know we are so we was we not expecting this, y'all. No, I was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't say nothing. I'm just sitting here looking like, well, God damn, like I got so much, I learned so much. I'm so it was so no, sorry. No, no, it was amazing. I needed to hear this, like you understand. No, I just want to be like, no reason to be sorry. No, like, but there is a few questions I'm going to ask, and you gonna come back for a part two. Okay, yes, you got to. We gonna, I'm like, God, we haven't touched the surface of what. Your nonprofit offers. We got a yeah, whole lot of April, yeah. which oh is my five episodes alone. Uh, <laughs> but what I love about you being so open and transparent, you have this mentorship program. And I want you to tell, especially the black men here, how much we need them and what it takes to be a mentor. Sometimes they think that they have to have their whole life together before they come. Don't they sound crazy? Or maybe they got caught with some weed when they was 21 and now they're 38, so they think I can't be a mentor because something's going on in my background. Can you kind of talk about what your mentors look like? They look like me and you. They look like the bagger at the grocery store, the man at the gas station. Like, they look like people who are living life. These kids are doing life with us. We treat kids as if they got blinders on. They see everything, too. What it takes to be a mentor is literally honoring your word and your commitment. All they need is your time and your word. And sometimes your time is 30 minutes, and 30 minutes you don't know will leave an impression on a lifetime on a kid, right? And so to become a mentor and I'm glad you talked about that background check, right? Yep. So I realized with other programs and you do a background check, they do it on traditionally based evidence-based practice programs are usually generated by white people who never subside in marginalized communities. And then they want other programs to mimic that. The reason why my program is special is because I went against the buck and I bucked the system. Mm. So I had to collect data and do that. And so rather than... Get the background check where you filter my people out. I make the commitment to do the level two, as I talked about in the thing. You you do the level two. So now I'm an actual agency that can do the background checks from there and determine for my agency based on. Wow. So criminal worker does not exclude you from being a mentor. There are things I look for, any pedophilia, any kidnap, you know, certain yeah. things that they want to discuss in private, we can. But if you was locked up, that don't, okay. You know, I went, you know, I had a charge for robbery. Cool. You ain't robbing nobody now, is you? Cool. Right. Can you get out there and play basketball? Because this kid is really bored and he, you know what I mean? So it's like you have to navigate and make ways so that people can do what's supposed to be done in, in, in elements of, of living. And that is teaching the young people the way. So to become a mentor is basically making sure you're going to be consistent, having the time commitment, and honoring your word. Your hour word and a half is your to two hours a week. They don't even know. It. Your, your hour is your word. Yeah. You know, your word is your bond. And I tell people all the time, 
history shows us that when we dishonor our covenants, and it goes back to the Bible days, when you dishonor your covenant, nothing else is right in your life. Mm. And if people get back to their original covenant and begin to honor that, then life transpires. I didn't honor my original covenant in 2003 when God was like, this is going to be you. I was like, well, I need to work in corporate America. I need to make money. I need to have a 401k. I need to have 17 years of hell until <laughs> my life was put in the face of a white lady who said, I'm going to fire you because I have the authority to in 2000, September 11, 2017. But when I walked out that building, not a small, still voice, but a very loud, dominant voice was like, peace be still. And I got you now do what you are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I will never work for anybody else again but my father. And I mean in, in oh the God. spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he sustained me. Yeah. And so I that's I want to teach you. these kids like yeah. this can bet be on for yourself. you. Yes. Bet on yourself. Yes. Yeah. Always bet on yourself because you're gonna win. Even when you fail and everybody else said you lost, you're winning because your lesson may not be for the then moment. Mm-hmm. It may come six years down the line. You're gonna be like, damn, I <laughs> It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. Now tell now, how would you describe your mentees? Ooh, my mentees are my little broke best friends. I wish I had growing up like, oh, my gosh. Like if that was my pack. Man, we probably be out here on a whole nother story, like what they was doing, right? Uh, we literally probably would be the Suicide Squad. <laughs> literally, like what, what's happening? Everybody's different. We, you got the strong one, you got the off one. That one's off, you know. You got the, like what is happening right now? But no, um, the way the best way for me to describe the kids in the program is to say they are little adults <laughs> trapped in little people's bodies. that are trying to find their voice in a world that tells them to shut up and be still. Got you. Mm -hmm. Um, If somebody listened to this and they want to be a mentor in our program, how do you're not ours. It's hers. It's ours. (laughs) It is. It's the community's ours. Yeah. How do they go about (laughs) signing up? They can go to www.openheartleaders.org. Okay. And they can go to join the team. And there is a, volunteer application and it actually says mentor um, application okay so let's say someone doesn't live here in san diego and they want to support you how can somebody support you and can go to the website www.openartleaders.org and they can click that donate button and let let them use you yeah she sell t-shirts too like i love mm-hmm. that everything um, goes back she scholar scholarships in the community like april on it yo Listen, I, I am the I am the face that everybody said would not do it. I never thought in a million years that I would grow up on three businesses, be an advisor to the mayor. I was like, oh, they tripping. They they want my little black ass up there with him. But I'm doing something <laughs> right, right? Um, become a, a consultant for the county for my councilwoman. All of the things that everybody said that I couldn't do, I've done. I finished, I completed, and I left the blueprint for them. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Drop the mic. She talked she talk that, <laughs> hold on, not that you talk that talk. You walk. You walk in your purpose. And every time... <laughs> 
you feed she feed the community. Like I, we can go on another hour. Yeah. Everything I've seen <laughs> April I'm do. I'm so ready to do that again. I was like, everybody's it's like, we, when your mama cooking for, I'm my mom cook for. She fed Woo. the community. It was over um, like three hundred and some people. Yeah. Good God. Get, she gave gave away stuff TVs like giving away air fryers, air fryers, vacuums, like just. They needed it. The house, like, my kids don't even say homeless no more. That's offensive. Because April taught us the word houseless. Because yeah. yeah, one homeless. of my clients told me, she said, I'm just houseless. Right. Homeless I'm in between. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so just say I have I'm to houseless. check so myself constantly. My house Where's is it located? Sweet. 1913 Euclid Avenue, Suite 108. I'm both bungalows. So everybody who used to go club mm-hmm. at Club Tina's. I'm the two bungalows on the top of the hill. Everybody know Tina's. That must be Tina's. locals because we all know nothing about Tina's. It was a club back <laughs> in the day, and now it's a tire shop down okay. there. But the two bungalows used to be a KFC and a Taco Bell way back in the day. Like right. when I was a kid, it was a KFC and Taco Bell. So to mm-hmm. be there now, I'm like, this is crazy. I used to gangbang over here. Like, this is crazy. Uh, so. She's a former uh, gang member. Yes, they like, what else? What else on I April? Sure. Listen, List. it's so... If you if I had to write my life story on a thing, I would be like, that's the life of like probably nine a to lot 10 of people women or people I had to endure. But I tell people only the strong survive and he only gives the people that he knows can handle and that would do right by his ways and his works by others. So okay. all of this was meant for me. It was it, it nothing was. that you I, speak. I don't have that it's not meant for me. And I stopped. Telling people, like, I don't know if it, it was for me. And I gladly say it was for me. I had to be go through that in order to be who I am for you, for you, for you, hey, for right. Jacob, for okay. Kirsten. Yeah. Like, I had to be that. We And, guys, we need y'all at Open Heart, especially if Man, you're local to San Diego. Men. We We need y'all. Most of our mentees are young boys mm-hmm. that are coming from single-parent homes. Dads are not there. Show up. Everybody, when I meet people, wanna, when I was really dating heavy, I'd be like, I ain't available unless you can volunteer <laughs> on Monday. Yeah, I had one for a little bit that was coming to the calls, the pot, the, the what calls, time? The what Zoom time calls. did they go? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what time? What time? From six to seven thirty. Yeah. And so this year, though, we went to African American Museum Ooh, out of L.A. It was fun. lit. And, and ate. We, we talk, ate, uh, looked at half the, the restaurant. We literally did take up half the restaurant. Y'all realize that kids ain't even left San Diego County before. Yeah. And took them, them to Laguna Beach. Remember? With, some yeah, of them some never, seen never the been to the beach before. Is it Monday through Friday? No, just Monday. It's Monday. But this year, the calendar in there. So we're going to be doing some more things this year. Um, and I'm spicing it up because I listen to my kids. And from there, and a lot of them were like, well, we don't just want to see my money in there. So we're going to be building a library this year. Yep. Um, because I realized a lot of our kids are not exposed to proper reading material that is culture-based or education-based. So the library, I want them to build. So if any men out there who have maybe a few hours to volunteer to help me go buy the stuff to build this build this right. library, and, and I'll let the kids paint it, but... I want to build the library, and um, there are going to be not every kind of book, certain kind of books in there that cater to what our kids deal with. So books on gangs, um, books on religion. Sometimes some of them are like, I'm confused. I don't know. Maybe different kinds of Bibles. You know, I don't know. I'm going to just let it do what it do on its own, but I'm going to have a, a OHL um uh, mentoring program library and it's not going to just be for our kids if any kids that want to come by and just be like miss april can i rent this book from you mm-hmm. they can do that can i know your age range nine through 18 she had some older than that 
Because what happens to a 22-year-old boy well, I, that I never grew? For the right. program, but I still we still mentor. I have a 21-year-old right now who's being mentored by a male in the community that I paired him with because mm-hmm. nobody ever showed him how to buy, like, dress clothes and budget, and he works, and you know what I mean? And he's 21, and so, and talk about women. I'm like, you don't want to do that with Miss April, right? He's like, nah. Like, <laughs> I, I love you, Miss April, but... Yeah. I need to talk to another brother because nobody ever taught me how to date and I don't want to mess up, you know? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, let me pair you. So I actually paired him with my uncle um, and I call him Uncle Andre because he's one of he was one of the prominent men in my life that I had growing up that kind of helped me understand my value as a young lady of like, this is how a man is supposed to treat you and this is what. So I paired him with who I'm safe with and who I trust. Wow. Mm-hmm. Don't it make you wanna? Where y'all? Where y'all signing up? Yo, I was gonna say we gotta register. We just can show up. Like, no, you. You still go through the website. This year, I told Jenna like this year I'm really focused on mental health and health. A lot of my babies are obese, and a lot of them are suffering health complications, and Mm -hmm. they're not being they're not getting taught proper. Uh, nutritional balance in the home. And if I, your mama can only afford top ramen in that, we kind of touched on it like last yeah. year. And I was like, these kids are not getting like, and, and, but not just the kids. I'm going to do more parent connects this year where I'm going to teach parents how to properly grocery shop. Dang. Like my friend that's a dietitian, she's like, you want me to put, I'm like, yes. can we put together quick meals that don't incorporate so much processed food yes. that yes. are affordable for my parents? Yeah. So I could be like, here's the, optional food is maybe send out a recipe every two weeks like hey who take pictures cut take pictures and send it in and we gonna put it on the website and see who made so if Kirsten and jake because your baby's been waiting to cook they they <laughs> know great but things like that are the things because we can't keep surfacing around the things we're not really going to tap into. We talk about mental health, but health in general plays into a part like that. And yeah. so and think about the kids, you know, acne, they break out. Well, what you eating? Like you got, you're older. Well, you eating too much of that because you a little tart. What's happening, right? And that's exactly how she so talks to the kids. I do. Um, so I'm going to be looking this year for more subject matter experts to come in and hone in on these things or mentors that are in their lane and in their qualities to present that to our babies. Yeah. One other thing, and we're going to wrap it up. I know this year you want to get those kids on YouTube. Yes, so and podcast. <laughs> this you, this P right here, Master P. That's you, that's her ministry, baby. She know how to. She even got a program. You wrote how to how to the kids can film. That's this is her right. Well, here. I might need you because she signed it up. Yes. We need Listen, them. Yeah, you got I, all I these mentors at the table and all the equipment and stuff that you got from there because my second business is a media company. And so, um, but this year I want to do the media program, teach the kids how to use the equipment from there. But I want them to be able to tell their own story and interview people that come in. And so we're going to move the the podcast to the bigger office behind my conference room. And I want the kids to be able to come in. Um, We're going to teach them show format and do that and then Mm -hmm. put it on the YouTube. And I think this is going to give them a voice that they ultimately feel is silent. Yeah. And them kids are so creative. We have a lot of kids that like to write. 
Mm-hmm. They like, I want, because YouTube is their thing. But y'all, we can keep going on and on. <laughs> no. But we're going to wrap it up, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a good episode. It, it went totally <laughs> left than but what like we thought. Though. But I did. Be- I, like I, I love it too because it's empowering. It and is. you're reminding people that no matter what you've been through, you can still make it through and live um, a life where you give back. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all have any words before we wrap it up for Miss April? I, I, pre- I appreciate you coming <laughs> and sharing for real. That was that was, uh, that was so good. Welcome, Dude, yeah. like, that's powerful, really. I'm like, I can't wait to listen to this again. <laughs> to be honest with you. I know. Be honest. Thank you. You're welcome. You'll be back for part two. I know, okay. right? Definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, you will be seeing us Monday. Okay. Yes. We'll, we'll okay. be there. Okay. So, um, to our listeners, you guys, no matter if you're in San Diego or way over in Detroit or Florida, um, find some kids. <laughs> they, they need you. They need people that look like you, that's been through life like you, where you are from, where, you know, where they're from. You are relatable. They need to understand that adults are just big ass kids with more responsibility and that we're here for them. They have a voice. We have a voice. Um, advocating for them, teaching them just the, what we call simple things that are not so simple to others. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time on Just Keep Living. Bye.